Hey y'all, this is Eric and you're listening to Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. What's going on y'all? Eric here with Southeastern Bowhunter. Um, this is part two of the controversial topics. Unfortunately, JD won't be with me on this one. It's been kind of rough at work lately. Um, I had COVID last week and so I just got my voice back like maybe a day or two ago. And, you know, it, it's, it's been a rough couple of weeks, but hey, it is what it is and just got to keep going. I wanted to put an episode out last week, but like I said, being sick, not being able to talk, basically having no energy, you know, it, it just wasn't in the cards. So this is part two of the controversial topics. And, you know, it, it's, I think the main thing on this one's going to be just my new opinion on arrow weight, FOC, uh, broadheads, stuff like that. Vein choices, you know, there are a couple things that I'm probably going to say that may spike, you know, spike up some future conversations, opinions on stuff. You know, I don't, I don't know everything. Hell, I hardly know anything. Um, but you know, I just wanted to put this together so I could put an episode out for y'all, give some, give you something to listen to with all the other hunting podcasts that are out there and just sort of, you know, have a little BS session, I guess, with y'all. So let's get on to the episode. All right. Controversial time. No, just kidding. Um, well, kind of. So basically, you know, as kind of giving an update on what's been going on, like I said in the intro, I had COVID last week. So your boy was down for a couple days, had no voice for over a week. And so I just couldn't record anything. Um, but in that time, you know, I wasn't able to work. So I had a lot of free time. And I was kind of diving into some arrow stuff. You know, this is a bow hunting podcast, so bow hunting is kind of my main deal. I'm probably going to end up branching out this year. You know, I've got a couple people out west that I'd like to talk to, um, some couple people up north, um, some buddies of mine that have actually traveled for hunting and who have got some stories for that. So, you know, we'll get into that one a little bit later on this year. But right now, what I want to talk about is... I guess we'll start off the controversial deal with my new opinion on arrow weights, which I used to be of the mindset that, you know, heavier was better and that lighter arrows, like in my opinion, or I guess my previous opinion of a light arrow would be, you know, anything under 480 grains, or really I'd say like 470 was was kind of like my idea of where heavy heavy arrows started and then anything below that was just considered light or like extremely light but you know over the past week of you know watching youtube videos and doing some testing of my own and really looking at like my arrow speed and what's going to happen with a slower arrow i've changed my mind a lot and jd was kind of part of this uh, mind shift, you know, cause he, he always shot, I think the heaviest arrow he had at one point was like 478 grains. And at that time he was shooting the bow that I have now, which is the bear paradox. Um, we have the exact same setup, 28 inches, 60 pounds. And, you know, it got me thinking, it's like, yeah, okay. You have a heavier projectile that's going to be going into the animal, but what you're giving up for that is speed. 
You know, I mean, I was shooting arrows that were over 500 grains that, you know, they got the job done. But even then, the penetration and the arrow flight and all that, you know, the penetration wasn't really that great. I don't know if it's because it was moving slow. I think at the time, my arrow speed was probably like three or no not not three definitely nowhere near three probably like 235 to 240 fps which i mean you know that's faster than a compound or than a traditional bow but it's it just didn't i don't know it didn't penetrate that well on pickles like how i had wanted i mean yeah it embedded in the offside shoulder and that i mean that's great but I've, i've been having a lot of arrow flight issues like hitting knock left and back when you know before I completely changed my setup what I was shooting was like like I said like I think 495 to 515 grain arrows um at the time I didn't have a scale so I was kind of just going off of what I knew everything weighed and I don't really know how to put it other than it just didn't it wasn't working and at that time, when I killed Pickles, my bow, I didn't have the bow that I have now. It was actually slower. It's uh, higher poundage, but only... Sorry, y'all, I'm, I'm recording in the truck right now. Um, it was only 4 FPS faster, but 15 FPS slower on the IBO rating. So realistically, my arrow was going even slower. I wouldn't be shocked if my arrow speed was in high 220s. Um... So, you know, that, that got me wanting to really look at arrow speed and what it does, what it means, you know, maybe kind of focus more on FOC than arrow weight. Cause you, you can get away with heavier FOC and lighter arrow. I mean, right now the arrow I've decided to go with is a Bloodsport Punisher, which is a 7.9 GPI arrow. It's a 350 spine, which I know some people are going to be like, oh, 350 is too weak. I, I don't think so. I've had really good flight out of this. Um, I'm not stacking a ton of weight up front, but with a light GPI like that, you don't have to. And, you know, it, it, some people might say, oh, well, that's going to make the arrow weaker. I haven't seen that. I've, I've hit the metal, you know, stake on my 3D target and it, you know, it, it bent the broadhead, but it didn't break the arrow. There's stress marks on some of the arrows. Like you can see where it's definitely more stressed than it should be, but it's not, you know, it's not, uh, really causing any issues. And, and again, I haven't done that in a while. It's just some arrows that I used to have. I mean, I had this exact arrow set up with 150 grains up front, just in the insert alone. And then you put a hundred grain point on front I mean, that arrow itself was about 500 grains with like 21% uh, FOC. And it flew okay, but it's not, I mean, it, it wasn't going that fast. So my whole setup now, I've got the Bear Paradox. It's 330 feet per second. Max, th- this one maxes out at 60 pounds. Um, I wish I had the 70 pound one, but that's not, that's not the one that I bought. And to get replacement limbs and stuff, it's just way too expensive. So... I'm working with what I got. And what I found out is like, I, I would like to be, as far as arrow speed goes, I wanna be around 250 or higher. Now for some people that might sound slow, for me, that's much faster than what I was shooting before. 
And so my arrow setup now is the Bloodsport Punisher 7.9 GPI, 26 inch cut with 100 grains up front, 100 grain point. And I think depending on which fletching I'm using, I'm at like 16 to 18% FOC. Um, and it works, you know, I mean, yeah, I had to change my sight tape and all that, but it works. It, the arrows are flying great. Um, I'm having no issues. I am not using lighted knocks, but I will be eventually. Um, I'm going to be switching to the halo knocks, which used to be glory knock, but now they changed halo or changed to halo for whatever reason. Still the same product, just different name, but that's going to be my setup for the next season and for my 3d season as well. And I'm, you know, with, I think right now my arrow weights 444 grains with 16, things like 16 and a half FOC. I see nothing wrong with that. That's higher FOC than when I killed pickles, but less arrow weight. So it's faster. And, and, you know, broadhead wise, I made use the mega meat. I may use the Exodus. I don't know yet. I mean, season just ended. And so I'm not, I'm not really too worried about the broadheads yet. I'll do more testing and, and kind of just make my mind up on that one later on when it gets closer in the year. But the one thing is so I was listening to Aaron Snyder's podcast, uh, two weeks ago and he had a guy on, I forget the guy's name, but he's been killing elk with arrows weighing less than 400 grains and has had no problems. I don't know what the FOC is. I don't know any of that, but what I do know is he's having no problems. He's getting pass-throughs. And so that got me thinking like, you know, with like here in Ranch Ferry talking about wanting, you know, 650 grain arrows or a, a adult arrow is 450 and up. Or really, I think he was more like 550 and up. I don't I don't remember, but it's just something that, you know, he 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 believes and that's fine and in his situations, you know, where you're hunting over bait all the time, and you're in a fixed location and you know what the animal's going to be doing, you know, it works. It works for him. And there's nothing wrong with that. The science isn't wrong, you know, concerning FOC and and stuff like that. But I don't want to be shooting an arrow that's moving so slow that my trajectory is going to be just all, you know, way too long. It's, it's going to be too big on my sight tape. Um, especially since I'm planning on you know, going out west in a couple years and hunting public more this coming season, I'm not going to be hunting over bait as much. I'm not going to be, you know, able to really tell where these deer are going to come from as far as like what distances I'm going to shoot them at. So I have to, I have to change it up. That being the case, I decided to go with a lighter arrow, but higher FOC. And so far it's been working fine. You know, it, it when I shoot my target, it, it flies great. There's no issues. The one thing I'm struggling with now is what vein choice to go with. Um, I did, so I've got three different vein choices. I've got the Blazers, I've got AAE Hybrid 26s, and then I've got the new Seek 1 um, Boning X veins that are 3 inch. So I'm running all the way from 2 inch to 3 inch. And the FOC changes with that because obviously they all weigh differently. And the weight changes. I mean, everything, everything's going to change. My only problem is if I'm going to use a fixed blade, excuse me, I want to, I want to have some fletchings on the back that are going to be able to steer that fixed blade better in case there is some sort of 
issues. You know, like if, if for whatever reason my bow's not shooting exactly right, and I've, I'm season's out now, so I'm gonna get the bow restrung. I've got a new rest. It's the new Trophy Taker Smackdown um, lockup rest. I got it set up. It's you know as square as I could get it by just by the by my eye. So you know I'm gonna take it to my buddy Casey Crawley, have him set it up, have him you know paper tune it, uh, put a new string on there, and we're gonna get that thing set up right. But so far I've had no I've had no problems with how I set it up. So you know that's that's stuff that's gonna come whenever it does. But it's just. I think, I think that we've all, you know, or I say we've all, the people that have really jumped on the bandwagon of, like, ridiculously heavy arrows, yeah, it might work if you're hunting over bait and you're only shooting 20 yards and you don't have to worry about a pin gap or if you don't have to worry about a sight tape, but that arrow's not moving that fast. You know, Aaron Snyder shoots a 475-grain arrow or 483 or something like that, now, granted, he has a 29-inch draw, and his bow is ridiculously fast, so he can use all of that to, like, if, if basically, if you've got a heavier arrow and you're able to shoot faster, like your bow shoots faster, I see no problem with that because he's, he, I think he's around the 270, 280 FPS mark. That's quick. I mean, that's 20 FPS faster than what I'm shooting. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, you know, for us guys that have like a 28 inch draw say your bow is like mine and it maxes out at 60 you know it you're sacrificing speed and i've heard both sides of the argument like oh well if you're shooting 60 pounds you want to have a heavier arrow because you know you're not going to be going as fast well that's all fine but i think personally that the overall overall weight of the arrow in a sense should be lighter because you want that speed. You want that arrow to get there as quick as it can. Now, am I saying use a 380 grain arrow with a Rage broadhead? No, I'm not. That, I think, is a terrible idea. Unless you're just Levi Morgan and you're shooting, you know, a penny size dot on an animal or penny size space where you're just going to get all the way through. Um, but a lot of us aren't like that. So... I'm starting to think the happy medium is somewhere between 420 to 450 um, for, you know, all whitetail applications and mule deer and, you know, blacktail and stuff like that. Now, if I was hunting elk, yeah, I'd probably go up a little bit, maybe like 460. I know Dan, excuse me, Dan Stanton shoots about a 460, 470 grain arrow and he's, you know, a smaller guy like I am. You know, I think he's got a 28-inch draw. He's shooting. But you see, the thing is, too, he's shooting heavier poundage. I can't get my bows up to heavier poundage. I would love to, but I can't. I, I don't have the money to go buy, like, the newest Hoyt or to go get my limbs replaced on the bear to make it 70 pounds. I just I just don't have that. So for y'all that are like me where you're in that situation, I think that going with a lighter, you know, 440, 450 grain arrow, with high FOC, you'll be fine. Um, it's going to be more accurate, obviously, because the, F- <clears throat> the FOC. And and look, I know that when T Bone was on, he was saying he likes to be around 500. That's great. 500 is a great weight if you're shooting 70 pounds and you have a long enough draw. But what what's what's the best sacrifice? You know, do I want to sacrifice speed and hope that 
if I make a bad shot that the arrow weighs enough to go through the deer's leg bone? Well, that's not what we're aiming at. We're aiming, you know, right behind the shoulder. Maybe if you're aiming on the sca- on the scapula, um, which I personally don't do, but we're not trying to hit heavy bone. If that's what you're trying to do, then you know, A, you need to think about how you're hunting because that's just not an ethical shot. And I understand things happen, but in my opinion, I want to have my setup set up for the perfect shot. Sometimes if it's questionable, don't take it. You know, if you've got a deer hard quartering to you, I'm not going to take that shot. Now, will I take a frontal shot? If I'm using a fixed blade, yes, because I think the arrow weighs enough and it's going fast enough. I mean, back in the day, guys were shooting 350 grain arrows with, you know, feathers and and weren't even caring about FOC, and they were still being successful. So, I know, sorry y'all, it's been a long day. I know that um, Michael Waddell talked about one of his episodes, one of his podcast episodes that he had, and if any of y'all watch Bone Collector, I'm pretty sure you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, There is an episode of Bone Collector out there where you will see Michael shoot a deer and it looks like the arrow literally bounces off this deer. Well, what he was using was a 60 pound Hoyt and a very light arrow. I think he said it was like the 370s or something with a mechanical. And that's just not going to really work most of the time. I mean, there is, there is something to the heavy arrow weight. But for years, guys were using 400 grain arrows and having no problems. So, you know, I know the science says, oh, uh, uh, arrow, you know, holds its weight longer downrange if it's heavier. And maybe it does, but just think about it. Of course it does. Uh, Of course it's going to retain a little bit of speed because it's a heavier object. But if you're shooting like a huge arc you're not even getting the the hit that you really want. So I don't know. I mean, that's just my opinion on it. I think that I've maybe bought into the hype a little bit too much. Um, You know, it's the same thing with like those broadheads that come out. And I know that the mega meat is kind of like this mega meat's a little different in my opinion. You know, it's blade angle is, is more swept back. So it's, it's better for like penetration and stuff, but like, those big 2.5 cut two blades, I'm not, a, I'm not a believer in that because you're dumping so much energy that your penetration is just going to be terrible. And God forbid you hit a piece of bone. Well, that bone's going to stop it. Like if you're looking at like a sever, okay, a sever 1.5, 2.0, whatever, the way those are designed, it's, it's almost like what rage should have been, you know, or like what, what they what they could do but it's sever doesn't have anything bigger than 2.0 they used to and they noticed there was penetration issues so that's why they stopped making the 2.1 i think two inches is probably the best max cut size if you you know if you're shooting a heavy arrow with you know good speed and stuff yeah two inches is fine but like if i because i'm thinking about getting some severs if i get the severs i'm gonna get the 1.5 because i'm not shooting as heavy poundage as even though I could and would like to, like I said before, I, st- I can't. My, I just don't have the bows for it. Um, my draw length is shorter. It's I've got the average draw length, 28 inches. So 
something like the Sever 1.5, I think, would do really well as far as penetration is concerned because the blades are angled at a good angle. They lock. They're very easy to open. And the same thing goes for the Mega Meat and the Dead Meat. You know, the, the blade angle on those is, is, I don't know what the angle is, but I do know that it's enough that you're going to get good penetration. So that's kind of my opinion on it. Um, kind of moving on to the vein choices. I've been having issues choosing veins because I really like the Blazers. Um, I bought the Realtree edition ones, the all white with the Realtree logo. I'm a huge fan of Realtree, so, you know, I will rep them any chance I get. Um, but... I know that they're kind of loud and if I'm going to be taking longer shots, I want something that's going to stabilize the back end of the arrow a little bit more. They weigh the least amount. So the FOC is up there, but it also, you know, I just wanted to try something different. I've always, I'm so sorry, y'all. I've always hunted with blazers and, you know, after shooting pickles, like, it was an 18-yard shot, so you're not going to see any real change. What I also found out, too, is that most arrows, if you go listen to the Exodus podcast, they've got this new, I think they're working on a new MMT arrow, but they were talking about how the arrow doesn't stabilize itself and basically stop you know, moving around till 19 feet, or standard arrows. Don't do that until 19 feet. And small diameter arrows do the same thing, but even further, which that whole that opens up a whole nother topic about small diameter which i'll get into but you know i i really think that what fletching you use what vein you use is extremely important because a lot of them are ridiculously loud they don't stabilize well um you know i'm going back and forth between four fletch and three fletch some people say that four fletch really helps and is really good other people say that just you know like how t-bone says It just adds weight to the back, which is where you don't want to add weight. So, I don't know. I'm still messing around with that. Um, The AAE Hybrid 26s have been pretty good. They're kind of hard to put on. You know, I'm still doing hand fletching, but I am going to buy an Arizona Easy Fletch in the next couple weeks so I can start doing it right Um, and get a good helical because I'm I'm a big believer in the helical helical stuff. Um, MFJJ from Podium Archery and elk shape is probably one of the smartest dudes when it comes down to arrows and stuff that i've ever seen and he's a huge believer in in uh, helical it makes sense um you know like i was talking in the last episode i've i only am gonna left helical my my arrows because 95 percent of all arrows get shot clocking left but then with a right helical or right offset it it just it stops itself for a minute and then it has to correct and it's just I don't see why you would waste that second or that time doing that. So the third vein that I'm looking at is the Seek One Boning X vein, which I really like. It's kind of big. It's a three inch vein. You know, it does add weight. I think they're like nine or 10 grains um, per fletching. So you're adding 30 grains to the back. I mean, that, you know, doesn't really help with the whole FOC logic, but if you can get an arrow that that weighs less has good spine and is also you know capable of holding more foc it doesn't really hurt it i mean right now i'm using good lord i'm sorry y'all right now i'm using a three fletch configuration on my blood sports in the uh, x vein 
and I think that's like I said, the total arrow weight with a hundred grain insert, hundred grain point, cut it six or twenty six inches, with a regular stock knock that only weighs ten grains. I'm at like four hundred forty four grains. When I get the halo knocks, it's going to be at four fifty four, but I only lose three feet per second, so it's not going to change my sight tape. It's not going to really change much of anything. Um, you know, I I like them. They're quiet. Um, they're much easier to put on, and they look good. So. I think that might be what I end up going with for next season. But, you know, it's it's all up to preference. I mean, if you want to use blazers and four-fletch, by all means, go for it. If you want to six-fletch the damn thing, you can do that. But my personal opinion, I think, you know, get, get an assortment of fletchings. Figure out what you like the best, what looks best to you, what sounds the best to you. Um, there are some that are just ridiculously loud. And I know that guys use something with feathers, which are way louder than plastic fletchings. And it all worked out. It's just really about your setup. If you're going to be doing like what I'm going to be doing, you know, going basically in big woods and not knowing how far your shot's going to be. Like I've been practicing my 40-yard shot every single time I shoot because I just don't know what's going to end up happening. And I don't want to be unprepared when a 45-yard shot comes, and I'm like, well, I don't know if I can hit that. Because I almost had that happen. One of my last sits in Rockdale this season, I had put some bait out, and these deer were showing up, and I checked where the bait was at because I had moved trees, and I didn't realize that I was out to 45 yards. Now, I've made shots better than that, you know, at 3D courses, but that could have been luck. I had no idea, and I was shooting almost a 500-grain arrow at that point. My arc would have been ridiculous. excuse me god knows if i would have hit like a branch or something i mean it's you know you never really know what's going to happen out there so that's kind of where i'm at fletchings wise arrow wise you know we're we're just gonna see what ends up happening um one thing i wanted to bring up and i wanted to kind of get y'all's wheels turning to get a conversation started i would really like to talk to some people about the rompola buck and here's why I've always since I was a kid you know I was born in 1995 I started really liking hunting and stuff when I was like five years old so by that point the Rompola buck had already been around for two years um I'd always thought it was real you know it, it as a kid you hear these stories about like these giant deer and and the world record and the craziness about this one guy being able to find all these big deer in a place that really isn't supposed to have any big deer. Um, you know, and it, you kind of, it becomes a legend. And that deer is a legend. Whether it's real or not, that's a legendary deer. The problem I have now is after listening to my buddy Kevin Vistenson's, uh God, he's going to kill me if he listens to this and hears me butcher his name, um, from the Deer Hunter podcast. He did a whole series on it. And at first, he was of the same mindset that, you know, this thing sounds like it could be real. There's people that are saying they've seen it. They put their hands on it. It got scored. Uh, you know, all this other stuff. Mitch was a, was a pretty reclusive guy, I guess. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm sure y'all are getting tired of hearing me yawn. Um, you know, and he, he just did it because he enjoyed it not because he was looking for fame but the thing is after kevin started diving into it he started real or really finding out a lot of the backstory and a lot of stuff on like i guess mitch's mitch's personal life and people he was involved with 
you know, um, and kind of what happened with the deer and what the thing that made me question it aside from the photos I've seen and the video and all that is a number of things. The first thing is if you claim to kill this gigantic 216 inch deer or 218 inch deer, sorry, that was in Traverse city, Michigan, why aren't there other big bucks? You know, that area from in Michigan that from what I've been told is not known for having giant bucks. And so, yeah, is there a freak of nature every now and then? Yes, there is. But to have a guy who was part of the CBM who scored deer and then have all his buddies who are in the CBM say, oh, it's legit, all this stuff. And then it's just the way genetics work most of the time, as far as from what I've seen, you're going to have other big deer. Now, they're going to be world records, you know, size. No, they're not. But every now and again, you again, you do get one that is going to be about that size or at least is going to be like a legendary buck. But it just seems it, it seemed weird to me. So then I started listening more to what Kevin had to say. And one of the things he pointed out is that Mitch never he wouldn't let it get x-rayed. He got offered $10,000 for it to get x-rayed. And I understand if you're like a recluse or you don't want the press. But the problem is, he kind of from other people's stories and stuff, he seemed like he wanted that. He seemed like he had a goal to beat out um, the Milo Hansen buck and basically have the title of the largest typical ever killed. Okay, fine, but like... There were stories of him walking around trade shows and showing people's, you know, pictures of deer or sheds or whatever that he said he found, but the shed, the sheds were, you know, bleached white and not even something you would find in Michigan. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff to it. And if you look at the picture, like he did his own taxidermy, not saying the guy was great at it, but why wouldn't you get it x-rayed is my question. If you are claiming to have the world's biggest buck the biggest typical ever killed you have to back that up you have to you can't just think that oh you know i'm gonna claim this and no one's gonna look into it i mean they're not just gonna give that title away and looking at the rack the rack looked questionable it looked a little doctored but they claim it wasn't um the i guess the nail in the coffin for me was when kevin had this world class taxidermist come on i can't remember his name um but he came on and they were looking at photos of other deer that mitch had killed and when i first listened to it i was driving to work so i couldn't actually look up the uh the website or the pictures that they were talking about but they had said that some of these deer you could clearly tell were does that had antlers screwed onto their heads. And I'm over here listening to this like, man, that's total bullshit. Ain't no way. You know, I I don't buy it, right? Well, that same day, I looked up what they were talking about and I was wrong. I mean, you can clearly tell, okay, that these deer all, first off, all the racks look very similar. And so my argument to that was, well, maybe he found a spot where the genetics are just like that and you know, that, that's how he found the world record. And that world record just happens to be the one that it's genetics were like, Oh, let's make a 220 inch rack. But 
as I was looking at those photos, there's probably like three of them that you can just tell are does. There's no doubt in my mind, a doe's head is completely different from a buck's. Even when they shed their antlers, you can tell the difference. A buck has a more blockish head. A doe has a more rounded head. Um, and that, that for me was just the nail in the coffin. What that told me is that Mitch just, you know, he may have been a really good hunter. He, he, look, he's probably a better hunter than I ever could be because the man supposedly had a, a state record buck when he was like 10 years old. And that's fantastic. And sometimes guys do get lucky, but he apparently, I mean, I've seen videos of this guy. I've seen, you know, home videos of him walking through his, uh, through his trophy room and he's got some tanks in there. I mean, he's got some really good deer, but your credibility goes out the window when you start posting pictures, trying to convince people that you've killed these giant deer that are clearly does with antlers screwed onto their heads. And that's my opinion on it. I don't know the guy. I've never talked to him. Um, you know, I, I just, there are certain things that people will do because they want to get press. They want to be famous. They want to be known. You know, maybe he saw a monetary thing in this. Like even Milo Hansen called him on his bullshit and was like, look, you're claiming this, but you're not proving it. So he basically made Mitch sign over that he's not going to claim that it's the world record anymore, that it's not the largest typical in the world. And to stop saying that because it was affecting Milo's um, world record deer, I guess, income or whatever, you know, his royalties or what, or his appearances or whatever you would want to call it. And I, I, as much as I don't really like how Milo killed his deer, I still have to side with him because, you know, I've never been a huge fan of like the deer drive stuff. I mean, if you do it great, that's fine. It's legal. Do your thing. I've, I've never been a huge fan of it, but I don't judge anyone who does it. I just think that, you know, if, if you're claiming to have the world record whitetail, okay, you've got to back it up. I'm not saying this to try and bash Mitch. I don't know him, but it's one of those things that like even John Eberhardt talked about it, who in my opinion is one of the best bow hunters for whitetail on the planet, if not the best whitetail bow hunter I've ever seen. And he even said he knew Mitch and was basically like, I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but all I know is the gist of it was that he was saying it's all a lie. It's all fake. He got caught up in the, in the publicity. He got caught up in wanting to be the big man on top, like basically be the world record holder. And, you know, he just let it go to his head. And I respect what John has to say. John's not a, he's not a bullshit artist. He's, he's straight to the point. Um, every time he's on the Exodus podcast, he's always got something to say that, you know, you can learn from. Um, I would love to get Dan Infault on because he hunts up in that area as well and see what, you know, get his opinion on the thing. If he's willing to talk about it, um, I may reach out to him and just see like, Hey man, do you want to come on and talk? You know, give some, uh, give some advice, give some info, talk about the Ron Polo buck. Cause to me, like I-, I would love for that deer to be real. I really would, but I just don't see it. You know, back then it was so much easier to get away with stuff. I don't think Mitch knew really what the internet was going to turn into because that really made that deer even more popular because i mean if you look at the deer if you haven't ever seen it go look it up um it's called the rompola buck it's r-o-m-p-o-l-a and if i ever saw a deer like that in the woods i would it would be hard for me to kill it because i'd be shaking too hard 
um, it's a dream of a life or it's a deer that everybody dreams of. It's literally a deer of a lifetime. If it's real, those antlers did come off of some, some deer probably if what my opinion is, if, if it is fake, which I do think it is, unfortunately, he probably got it or got those antlers from, you know, some high fence around him. I know there's a lot of high fence, a lot of deer farms out there. Um, he probably got those antlers off of that. And then when he killed that buck, I mean, it's clearly a buck. It's a legitimate deer. It's, he, he, he did kill that deer, but I don't think the rack that's on it is legit. Cause I've, I mean, I've seen bucks that have the droopy ears and stuff, but if you look at how the left ear, I think it is in those photos is drooping. It's clear that that tendon was cut. Now, is it possible that that buck got into a fight with something and you know, that tendon got cut. Yeah, it's possible. It's very possible. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit those videos I've seen very convincing. Like I, as soon, before I heard this whole podcast, uh, with Kevin and, and you know, the one that John was on, I, dude, I thought it was legit. I saw that video. I'm like, yep, that's it. That's a real deer. But with all the stuff going against it, I kind of have to just use my common sense and basically say, well, I don't buy it. I don't think it's real. Um, you know, and if anyone on here is listening, you know, that's one thing I want to just really push for you. I would love feedback. I want to start doing Q and A's. I want to, you know, have more people want to come on and, you know, I'm, I've already got a couple guys that are wanting to come on. It's just been very tough finding time to actually sit down, record it, call someone, talk to them. You know, work, work has been slamming me out lately. Um, especially missing all last week. So you know, we'll get that going again. It's just, I wanted to make this episode to kind of put some out there for y'all to listen to. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And kind of get my opinion on, or get my opinion out there on some stuff because, you know, I was pushing really hard for, like I said, the heavy arrows, high, super high FOC, you know, a light arrow is not going to do the job. I, I'm changing my opinion on that because I'm starting to think that there's a happy medium somewhere between, you know, like a 400 to 450 grain arrow. I think that's at least for someone my size, my draw weight, my draw length, I think that's probably a good spot to be. Um, and as far as the Rompola buck goes, like I said, I think it's fake. You know, it, 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 there's other things I could say, but it's really pointless at this point to say what I could because it has nothing to do with hunting. It's just about Mitch's character or stuff he got in trouble for. Like it, it's, it's irrelevant, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's sort of my take on it. And as far as that other deer goes that me and JD talked about last time, I haven't had any updates. I haven't seen anything. No one's reached out. So I'm maybe the deer's legit. You know, again, I wasn't there. So I can't fully say uh, what what's up with that. But hey, man, it is what it is. Um, Another thing I'm going to change is I was going to hunt the ground more. Um, I did get the ghost blind. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sold yet. Um, it's not as easy to set up as they say it is. Uh, I feel very exposed when I'm in it. Maybe it's just a setting I was using. I'm not knocking them because, you know, maybe I'm just not using it right. But um, let's just say I went to go use it and ended up in my tree stand because it was just a pain in the ass to find a good spot. Uh, it doesn't really do well on a sloped uh, terrain. So I feel like it's probably better suited for flatland. 
Um, or if you've got like a flat piece of land that, or a flat spot, like a creek bottom, that you've got a barrier behind you where the deer are not going to be coming from, you're very exposed um, from the sides and the back. The front, it, it works. The only thing I would change on it is the, so they have cutouts where you can shoot like your gun or your bow through. A gun, it'd be perfectly fine. The bow, it's very hard, at least for me, to be able to draw back, find the pin, and, and have a good shot opening. Because, I mean, let's be honest, it's probably a three inch, maybe three inch opening. And I just don't, I don't really like that. Like, I'm really thinking about taking my sawzall and opening it up a little bit. Um, and if that ruins it, then that ruins it. But, um, yeah, I'm, so I'm going to be getting a, a hang on stand. Um, you know, I got a budget, right? So I'm probably just going to get like the real tree hang on stand with sticks and roll with that. And I'm going to get new cables for my, my climber. I found a company that I think has the right kind of cables that I need. I hope they fit. Uh, I am going to reach out to them and ask. Um, but if not, you know, I can always buy another summit or something, something newer and not have any issues. Um, I will be hunting out of a ground blind next season, the same spot that I killed pickles in. But what I'm going to do over there is I noticed that after the, uh, early seasons over those deer don't like going out in that field. Um, a lot, at least during daytime, they move deeper in the woods. So I'm going to have to scout. I'm going to have to find a better spot deeper in the woods where I can put the hang on or the climber. And just sort of make that work, you know, because Bingo is still alive. I got pictures of him yesterday. I'm assuming Tank is still alive. I haven't had any time, especially with being sick, to go put feet out. But I'm planning on going this Friday. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, right now is the perfect time to start feeding, putting mineral out. Um, these deer are going to start shedding soon. And so shed, she- shed season, sorry, I can't talk. Shed season is upon us. You know, I'll be hitting public um, Sunday. I'm going to go hit the 3D course and make sure that my bow's tuned in before I go take it to Casey. Doesn't It's not really going to matter because he's going to tune it up, you know, whenever I pick it up anyway. But I still want to get some 3D practice in before, you know, Jay comes out for the 3D shoot whenever that is. And... <clears throat> you know, maybe maybe get some turkey season stuff in. You know, I'm not really a big turkey hunter. It's, it's never fully interested me, but I might try it. You know, I might talk with Jay about it and see if he's, you know, willing to kind of show me how to do it. Um, and we'll just see. You know, I mean, there's, there's some stuff going on. As far as the arrow building and bow thing goes, um, I don't know if that's actually something we're going to really do. I would like to, but I know that you know, without to try and get too personal, I know that, um, there's just some family stuff that I don't know if me and JD have the time to really do that. Um, if anybody reached out and would like their arrows fletched or cut or built or whatever, you know, I'd be more than happy to do it, but I'm not so sure we're in the spot yet to be able to do that, uh, at least fully, but we'll see. I mean, it, it's, it's all a process, you know, and I just take it one day at a time or out of time. God, I cannot talk today. <laughs> y'all, y'all are going to listen to this and be like, this guy is just all over the place. You know, it's been a long day. What, what am I going to say? Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a good year. Um, probably going to have Paul come back on soon. Cause I haven't had him on. I'm going to have T-Bone, Jay, my buddy Thor is going to come on. I need to get Josh Criswell on. Uh, my buddy Tyler 
I need to get him on. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I would love to reach out to a couple other big dogs as well and have them come on. Like, I'd love to have Michael Waddell, Nick Munt. Um, still trying to get the Seek One boys on. I know they're very busy. Um, but, yeah. So, I, I guess that's it. You know, I can't really think of anything else controversial without really getting in trouble. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. That is Controversial Topics Part 2. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Go give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our YouTube channel.